Melody Thuston Cowan, and you are listening to a word from the Tabernacle. This past Sunday, our leader, Bishop L.F. Thuston, brought another word that was dynamic, powerful, and full of the Holy Ghost. I hope that this word inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective in God's moving in your life. Thank you for joining us. Now let's go in and listen to the word. Hosea, the prophet Hosea, chapter 1. Thank God for you. And we honor the presence of the Lord. Hosea, chapter 1. I'm just um, captive to the colorful words of this prophecy. And if you haven't already, I want to encourage you to read or re-familiarize yourself with the prophecy of Hosea, the first of the minor prophets, um, meaning they wrote shorter passages than the major for Jeremiah, Isaiah, Ezekiel, Lamentations, and of the 12 minor prophets, some think that parallels the 12 tribes. Hosea is the first to write a prophecy of this sort to the northern kingdom. There had been a civil war after the reign of Saul, David, Solomon, and the nation of Israel was divided into a northern and southern kingdom. They could not get along. And after they divided, things became more problematic. And the northerners, the ten tribes to the north, thought their best friend was the Assyrians. And this prophet writes to tell them, that ain't your friend. And they were later uh, fought and destroyed and taken captive and dispersed as the tribes of the northern kingdom. They were plundered almost irreversibly by the Assyrians and Hosea passionately attempts to warn them there's danger ahead. Your only true friend is the one who sticks closer than a brother. And as they were scattered, they were interwoven with other nations that became known as the Samaritans. Well, let me not give you a whole history lesson, except to know at one time they were looking towards their maker. But Hosea dreads how this love affair is a case of the worst abandonment. He styles it as a marriage gone bad. Hosea is in the worst thinkable relationship. It could not get worse. He marries a woman of the streets by divine direction. Her name is Gomer. She is a full-time harlot. But the Lord says, you want to get close to me, 
let me give you a taste of what I'm experiencing continuously. She disrespects her husband. She embarrasses him. She brings him to an open shame. Not once, not twice, but at least three times in this prophecy, his companion that he loves so passionately says, I'm leaving you and I'm leaving you with our babies. Abandons him, goes back to a life of harlotry. And eventually is so distraught that she becomes owned in the slave trade of the north. And he buys her. Chapter 1 of Hosea, verse 2, the beginning of the word of the Lord by Hosea. And the Lord said to Hosea, go and get a wife of whoredoms, children of whoredoms, for the land has committed great whoredoms, departing from the Lord. That's your wife. You won't like her, but that's your wife. You won't get along, but that's your wife. She is a mess. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I heard the term hot mess. If that's an appropriate term to describe her, take that adjective. She is a so-called hot mess. In fact, she's probably the hottest mess that Hosea had ever known. She is a horrible, horrible excuse for a wife. He did not have to wait for her to get messed up. She was twisted when he met her. And yet the Lord said, that's your girl. And Hosea didn't sign up for that, but he did sign up to follow the Lord of his life. And so he obeys, and in verse 3, he went and took Gomer, the daughter of Dibliam, and she conceived and bare him a son. And it appears that Hosea may not have been the father of the daughter of the son that she conceived after they were married. Because in verse 6, she conceived again. And this time a daughter, and God said unto him, Call her name Lo Ruhama, for I will no more have mercy upon the house of Israel. Her name meant no more mercy. I'm mad. I'm upset. This isn't working. I tried. The first kid's name was Lo Ami. And that meant not my child. So we have two children here that are the union produce of a disastrous marriage. My God. Go to verse 16 of chapter 1. And the Lord said in verse 14, verse 14, I'm going to get her back. Um, she leaves, goes back to the streets. But in verse 14, the Lord said, here's how the story will end. I will allure her and bring her into the wilderness, speak comfortably unto her. Verse 19 we're going to get married again. I'll betroth her 
unto me forever. I will betroth you unto me in righteousness and in judgment and in loving kindness. I'm going to start all over again. Verse 20, I will even betroth thee unto me in faithfulness, and you will know the Lord. And everything will be different when we start all over again. Can I invite you to turn the page to chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 4. And in chapter 4, verse 12, he says, um, My people ask counsel at their stocks, and the staff declareth unto them, for the spirit of whoredoms has called them to err, and they have gone a-whoring from under their God. This, this is as close to an exotic prophecy as you ever want to see because he cuts to the chase. If there ever was a time where God keeps it real, it's with Hosea. Your wife is like my people. They are shameful as an understatement. But in chapter 6, we get another, another clue as to what God will do. Chapter 6, verse 1, Come and let us return to the Lord, for he hath torn. He will heal us. He has smitten. He will bind us up. In fact, verse 3 says, Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord. His going forth is prepared as the morning. He shall come unto us as the rain and as the latter and the former rain unto the earth. Something is going to marvelously I want you to, let me conclude the reading. And it's, it's the kind of book that when you start, you need to expect to go the distance. The cliffhangers in these 14 chapters are, um, well, they will seize your heart and your soul. Chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. For the lack of knowledge. They're destroyed because they don't know what they thought they knew. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you. And there shall be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. As they were increased, so they sinned against me. Therefore, I will change their glory unto shame. I better stop. I better stop. I only have one more passage I want to read, and I'm going to save that for the end because it's amazing how in this passage, give me just a few minutes to remind you about how habits Habits cannot be ignored because this is a book about habits. Um, Covey said you should begin with the end in mind. If you're going to accomplish something, whatever it is, look at the conclusion. 
so you'll know where you want to end because your habits will give you the forecast on whether you will have a successful conclusion. Why is it that habits are so easy to pick up that are bad and so hard to break when they're no good? To be more exact, why are bad habits so easy and wrong habits so natural but good habits seemingly are difficult to keep. There is a difference between good habits and bad habits. H-A-B-I-T-S, that's me, that's you. How is your habit world coming along? Because we all have habits. So much has changed in the recent weeks and probably some things have changed in your habit collection. You've probably made some new habits in the last month and a half. You might have changed some habits. What are your habits like? Well, you drink a cup of coffee. You're not that thirsty. It's just a habit. Walking the dog. Of course, I don't have a dog. I wish I had a dog. But if you have a dog, that's a habit of walking the dog, turning on the TV, it's a habit. You don't even have to think about it. Uh, checking your phone messages, making the bed. Do you make the bed every day? Well, if you do, it's a habit. If you don't, it's a habit. Um, well, who do you call even without pulling up the number? Automatically, you hit that number. You check the stock market even if you have no money in it. You check the weather and you can't change it. You check the scales, you know they lie. Those scales just lie, but you check them as a habit. You got habits that actually direct your life. You can have attitudinal habits. Your state of mind is a habit. You ever feel sorry for yourself? Carnegie said, feeling sorry for yourself and your present condition is not only a waste of energy, it's the worst habit you could possibly have. Did you hear me? When you go into self-pity and you just are morose about your condition, that becomes a habit. Hubbard said, happiness is a habit. Cultivate it. You can have a habit of being gloomy, or you can have a habit um, of being happy. Uh, it's really not dependent upon what's going on around you, but you have an emotional habit where you can determine that you are going to see hope. Or you can have a habit of only seeing despair. I read a book called The Dark Tower by Stephen King. And in that he wrote, a man who can't bear to share his habits is a man who needs to quit them. Sometimes we have habits 
that we don't want anybody to know about it. But just because it's your deep, dark secret doesn't mean it's not a habit. And if you have a habit that you don't want anybody to know about, it's probably a habit that needs to change. Gandhi quoted the Asian sage, watch your thoughts because your thoughts become your words. Watch your words because your words become your actions. Watch your actions because your actions become your habits. And your habits become your character. And your character becomes your destiny. Your whole life story hinges on your habits. Habits, what we become because we repeatedly do. Let me say that again. What you become because of what you repeatedly do. What you continuously do, you become that. And Hosea is saying, I have run into a person who has repeatedly abandoned integrity, faith, love, a false sense of commitment. Of, I, I, I have become attached to a person who is bored without mischief, who thrives on living life in the fast lane. I'm involved with a person who is addicted to treating other people as disposable commodities. I'm accustomed now to a habitual practice of a very unhappy, uncaring, unserious, reckless fallen creature. And that's my girl, my girl, my girl. Mm. Because it could be some habit is at work, maybe even in your selection process. Oh, my God. Because Hosea was involved with a person whose habits did not change. Okay, I only, I only have about 10 more minutes here. Sleeping right, posturing right, eating right, thinking right, reacting right, working right, until your habits of health will replace your habits of death. My, 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 my. I wish somebody would say yes. Well, here we are here with this relationship not once not twice not th but three times and maybe even more than that Hosea said you know what Gomer I'm coming after you when you get tired when that dude you're with gets tired of you I'll be there when your teeth have rotted your eyes are blackened he describes her in this prophecy your nose is unattractive. Your skin is blotched. Because of your fast life, your hair is ragged. Your clothes are putrid. You smell worse than the back door of a sewer. Nobody wants to touch you. You're sick. 
you're afflicted, you're contagious. You've got transmittable diseases. But I'm coming to find you. You're still my wife. You know why Hosea would do that? Because he keeps hoping she will change. Am I going too far? If I'm going too far, y'all could just say you're going too far. But before you do, I'm going further. He keeps hoping she'll turn from a crow to a swine. He keeps hoping that she'll outgrow her wild oats sowing stage. This man is preaching this gospel. He keeps hoping she'll see the error of her ways. He keeps hoping she'll see what a wonderful man is looking out for her. She'll see that he's better than her suitors and her pimps and her abusers. She'll miss her children that have weeping eyes, wondering when she'll ever act like a mother. And even though he knows all habits die hard, he keeps hoping against hope that underneath all of those layers of evil is a spark of the goodness of God, my God. And guess what? Guess what? God takes over the script. He keeps saying, I'm coming to get you. Gomer, I'll take you back. Let's try again. Let's get married again. Let's have a re-betrothal. Let's just have a big wedding and go to another city and get another guest list. Get another videographer. Get another photographer. Get another cake maker. Get other groomsmen and bridesmaids. Get another minister. Go to another church. Let's make a fresh start. But she goes back to depending on her habits until finally... Hosea says, I'm handing the baton on to the real character of this story. And God says, you're depending on Assyria. You think that's your friend? That's your pimp. You think Assyria is going to take care of you? They're going to ravage you. You think they want to be in partnership? They're going to put you in slavery. But when you get down in Assyria when all of your waywardness has run out, when your habits have become habitually unacceptable, then I will show up and I will replace your habits of illness with a new habit of health. I'm going to clean you up until you enjoy being clean. You're going to find out we don't have to be in the roller coaster of the fast lane every day, but sometimes just a quiet evening watching the sunset can be so enriching. You're going to get a new attraction to peace instead of chaos. You won't need to fight to know your love. You're going to find out that a relationship with faithfulness is better than the abuse, abuse of cruelty.
And the Lord said, after a while, after a while. I don't know what happens to Gomer. The theory is, the legend is, eventually she was in the home of Hosea. Her children had grown up. They nursed her as best they could. She died at an early age from the wounds that she had received, the diseases of her ridiculous life. But God says, you don't need to know that story. Let me show you how I work. I'm a faithful God. I'm never, I'm never going to give up on you. Even if you act like you've forgotten about me, I'll never forget about you. Even if you don't come looking for me, I'm coming looking for you. Even if the relationship is lopsided, I'll be on the lop until you get on the side. He says, I will restore you. I'm going to deliver you from the Assyrians. I'm going to show you that love is not only emotional, it is transformational. Say that with me. Not only emotional, but God's love is transformational. See, most people think that love is about the emotional sense of belonging, that real sense of connectivity. Uh, it's, it's the chemistry between us. Our shared likes, shared dislikes. We fit. We're a match. We're good together. That's the emotional side of love. But God shows not only will I make you feel what your soul yearns to experience, but I'm going to transform you into the you you were meant to be. Now that's some kind of love. I'm going to take this whorish woman and make her a devoted companion until there is no evidence of her past indiscretions. You can say this right now. Here I am, Lord. My life is right for your help. You can just say it right in your room, where you are, in your car in your house, on your job, wherever you are, you can just say, I give myself to you. Not only do I want you, I need you. Take control of my life. Go on and say, you're the one who died and arose from the dead. If you can do that, you can do me. Forgive me. Wash me. I want to live for you and with you as your child the rest of my days until I join you in eternity. And go on and add this to it. And the devil is a liar. Go on and say, and the devil is a liar. He's saying you can't change. He can. Saying that you've messed up before and again and again. He can break the cycle. Saying that you're a loser. You're not a loser. Saying it won't work for you. Jesus works for everybody. He did his work on the cross in the grave. And came out victorious. And now we just tell him thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for not giving up. Thank you for not ever changing. Thank you for giving me a better life. I'm so glad. Go on and say it. I thank you. Go on and just say You got to open your mouth. I thank you. I praise you. I'm going to get in your word. That dynamic word. 
from our leader, Bishop L.F. Thuston. Listen, if you'd like to support our ministry, feel free to visit our website at www.boontabernaclekojic.com. There you'll find information about all of the things that we're doing. You'll see links where you can give via Givelify or Cash App. And most importantly, you can submit your prayer request. Thank you so much for listening. Feel free to subscribe to this channel. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And we look forward to joining you this time next week. Be blessed.